Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 112. This podcast is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest producer of rum. Celebrate all things tiki by getting a bottle today. For more information, go to TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at TandawaiUSA. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarTshirtClub.com. Today we return with part two of the Orange County U.S. Bartenders Guild's Tiki Night. As I mentioned in part one of this series, a couple weeks ago I was graciously invited by Amin Benny to attend the Orange County U.S. Bartender Guild's Tiki Night, being held at Tiki Farm. The event was sponsored by Plantation Rum, with a Hawaiian barbecue buffet and cocktails crafted by the Blind Rabbit. This episode is the second segment in this two-part series, and in this segment we chat with the team from the Blind Rabbit themselves about what it takes to run an award-winning bar, followed by a presentation on Polynesian pop and the birth of tiki style on mainland America by the one and only Sven Kirsten. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on the donate button. Every donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Okay, let's get this party started. Here's part two from the Orange County U.S. Bartender Guild's Tiki Night. Aloha, folks. We are back with another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room, and we are at Tiki Farm tonight for the United States Bartenders Guild. I guess this is like a club meeting, or is this a presentation, or what are we doing here? Yeah, it's their monthly meeting. They asked us to be a part of it, so we're super excited about that. And the and us that we're talking about is oh. we have the Blind Rabbit crew here, so yes. if you guys have been to the Blind Rabbit at the Anaheim Packing District, well, I should say you know their cocktails, yeah. right? I it, so. And I, I'm bad that... I must apologize that I'm usually only there on Mahalo Mondays. Hey, you know what? It's nice to see you there. I mean, because <laughs> I'm a tea guy. But I got to tell you, I never know when they are. I always find out later on. And really? lately, it's I, I haven't been able to go because I've been able to get a spot. Oh, I find out like too late. It's all filled. I'm sorry about that. Well, we can get you in the next one. The next one's our last one, our very last one. Is there still room? I'm There's room for you, of course. There's room for, you. There's room for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Reservations. So, we, we're doing two nights this time. So instead of Monday, oh, you are. Yeah, we're doing Monday and Tuesday. So Mahalo Monday and Mahalo Tuesday. Yes. Okay. That's not. There's no alliteration happening in that one though. <laughs> no, you no. should call that one Tiki Tuesday. Mahalo <laughs> Monday and Tiki, Tiki Tuesday. Tiki Tuesday. Wait, the whole theme is, uh, is Tiki Noir. So we're doing like okay. a, a like a haunted tiki horror thing. All right. Uh, we had Hamilton Rum sponsor it, so we met with Ed Hamilton. He taught us how to make a tea punch. So that we can have uh, tea punches available, Very cool. and then we did a, a whole series of cocktails based on. Uh, what, what does it take to come up with the cocktails for when you do Mahalo Monday? Is it a pretty straightforward thing, or is it challenging? It's of course definitely very challenging because you know you have your classic tiki cocktails and right. then the tiki community that 
expects a certain level of cocktails, but we almost kind of want to do like a modern take, fun take on it. Yeah. So any Mahalo money we have, we always try to theme it out, whether it's a tropical theme, a fun theme. This one's Mahalo Halloween, like Robert was saying. And this is the last two that we're going to have for the year and ever because we're opening our new concept, Strong Water, right. which is going to be in Anaheim as well. And that's going to be rum and gin well, What's going to happen to the Blind Rabbit when Strong Water comes oh, We'll still be the Blind Rabbit. We just but you're just do. not going to do Mahalo We're not going to no do Mahalo, Mahalo Monday. Monday so. yeah. Are you going to do anything like Mahalo Monday at Strong Water? Strong Water is going to be Mahalo every day. Mahalo every <laughs> time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a... It's a tropical nautical escapism, is what the right. theme of okay. it is. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's set in. I, I knew that. Robert showed me that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Showed Robert showed me the art. So for yeah. the people out there that don't know, the team at Blind Rabbit is opening a new bar called Strongwater, and I've been privileged enough to see some of the concept art, and it looks really fucking awesome. <laughs> cool. Thanks, well, man. the you're whole idea. Really <laughs> That's super awesome. So, yeah, you're so supposed to feel like you're walking into the hull of a wrecked ship from the late and 1800s. It looks, it looks just like it. Rad. Yeah. It looks just like it. Yeah. yeah so we were, in the, we we're in the process of demoing the space, just Ying and I and a couple of staff members. Yeah. And, um, it's been uh, it's been laborious. You'd think knocking down a wall would be like no problem whatsoever, right. but man, I am forty years old and that hurts. <laughs> well, so, so you're doing it yourself. We're doing it all ourselves. You don't yeah. have a demolition team coming no. in, or no. Wait, what about the build? Is it all like in house? We're it's... doing everything we can to do okay. as much as we can on our own. We're still gonna rely on a general contractor to yeah, do yeah, the yeah. you know the electrical yeah. stuff because I am. Um, I will hurt myself. Of course. Yeah. But we're gonna we're definitely <laughs> yeah, going to outfit. Fry yourself. <laughs> no. When yeah. you said that I pictured you like the cartoon with the the when you see the bones like flash on and yeah, off. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be a pretty accurate description. You know what you should do is uh, go YouTube and we'll just set up a whole like video camera process. We'll do a time lapse of me yeah, being yeah. building it out and then of course like and then we'll end it with that. Yeah. But to go back on um, curating cocktails from a hollow money is definitely very laborious. It takes, you know, a few months in advance. Yeah. And we usually theme them out. So, and we make somebody in charge of it, right? So, yeah. Lynette had her own, and it was a safari night and a little mermaid night, which right. is really fun. And garnishes are themed to the, to the topic, and, and everything is really. All the cocktails have been themed perfectly. Oh, they oh, always fit whatever the theme is for Mahalo Monday. And they've all been really good, which is hard for a guy like me because uh, I always want... Like, if you have a bad one, and I'm not saying you guys have ever had a bad cocktail because I've never had a bad cocktail in the Blind Rabbit. Oh, oh, but if you. I go somewhere else and I have a bad one, then I'm weary about ordering another, oh, yeah. Absolutely. another drink. But then you have a good one, you're like, oh, now I want to try this one mm-hmm. right. and then that one's good and you're like oh man now this one sounds I, w- I want to try all of them now and before you know it you're four or five down sure right <laughs> you don't remember yeah. like that. And anything tastes good yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think for us the most important thing is that the guest really really enjoys the cocktail because when we go out and it's it's rare that we do because we have two little ones we want we want it to be worth it like yeah, if yeah. we're having yeah. you know two yeah. three four cocktails we want to make sure that they're going to be killer cocktails and we want to know that the person that was behind it really took that time and love into it yeah well it shows at the blind rabbit I oh, mean thanks, it's man. yeah thank you yeah I, I, I don't know actually. if I should hug you or what. Like, I feel, I feel <laughs> no, well, no, well, right okay, I really look. Appreciate that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've, and I've been very vocal about this. I've I've always complimented the cocktails from the blind rabbit. I've always thought they were excellent, but. Uh-oh. And, I, and I've got something to say here. Oh, please, so, please, go no, ahead. No, and I'm surprised Robert hasn't called me out on this yet. It's been a couple of years. It's about wrestling? No. <laughs> but yeah, dark, you know what? The dark soul. We can talk about that too, but no, no, yeah. no. But um, so when you guys first opened, 
I left not such a scathing review, but it wasn't exactly stellar. Well, That's you knew did. because you emailed me like the right after. Did I? I yeah. didn't know it was you directly. <laughs> oh, okay. We, a few of our regulars, like uh, Sean Miller, um, uh-huh. he left a bad review too. Oh, did he really? Yeah, absolutely. And our, our, our whole process when we first started, we were only book smart in cocktails. Yeah. We weren't actually like execution smart. So our, our, our direction was, well, what if we're just really nice to everybody? Maybe they'll let us work with them to make it better. Okay. And that was it. Wow, well, I want to hear about your talking. scathing review. Yeah, it wasn't really scathing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, and, and so my review was, it, I, I looked at it as more of a um, constructive review. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, for example, and I've been shushed. No, yeah, I have been shushed by Andrew before. But that's okay. <laughs> and, and I've been, Andrew. I've been, yeah. <laughs> you got a little out of hand. Sorry. It was on your, your fifth and, uh, and, uh And so here was the thing that was frustrating me. Because, like, you know, I'm 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 a bit of a social media whore, so yeah. I, I who isn't now, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, I like posting the, the cocktails that I'm drinking. I like bragging about the places that I hang out at, and and I love doing that with the drinks at the Blind Rabbit. But it's always so hard to get a good photo because it's so dark. Yeah. And then oh, when yeah. I hit, when I hit a light, Andrew's like on top of me. And so I'm thinking, how do I post a photo? I mean, I'm trying to promote you guys' business. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and I can't because you won't let me. <laughs> I mean, <we're- laughs> you won't let me. So that was one. Sure. That was one. Um, what were the other things that I said? Um, By the way, we're happy to have you come take photos whenever you like. You just let us know. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll when bring we're you in. I'm going to tell them I know the owner. I'm going to pull that card. Yeah. 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 No, I, I know her too. She's Do fantastic. I, I like her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy to be sitting next to her. What's well, the second one? I want to know. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think I had three. Yeah. The second one was just when I'm getting comfortable, I get handed my check. Uh, yeah. And that, that bumps me out because, you know, um, and, and I've said this before. I've said, like, you know, uh, sometimes I'm pulled away for nobody at the door, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'll think, you know, I'm a sure thing. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to buy like another three or four cocktails and you're pulling me away for a nobody gotcha. and they may or may not show up, right? They may not, if they do show up, may not buy what I'm, you know, cause, because I'm an enthusiast, I'm going to spend money. Sure. They may not be, have the same. Right. Well, the way that we generally do it is that we usually don't drop off the check unless literally the guest is waiting outside for that table and we will do whatever we can. I, I don't, it's been probably a little while since you visited us. We uh, want to yeah, make sure. I, I have been missing the dates for Mahalo Monday. We're going to get you into the next one, the last okay. one for sure. Yeah, I but, love that. It, but to take on what you're saying, like, you know, it's the nature of the fact that the restaurant only has 35 seats. Yeah. And we don't, we, with the Mahalo stuff, people sometimes show up late or yeah. they may message us. And I get it. I see your point of view. But that's why we opened Strongwater Anaheim so that okay. we don't have to worry about this stuff. There's no more There's time, no time limits. limits. Just come it's in and chill. Just it's just fine it's, all yeah. the time. It's yeah. literally like the idea of escaping. But with 35 seats, the hard part, like from an owner's point of view, is if we don't. If we don't turn tables, we don't make money. I, I can't it, keep yeah. the quality bartenders that are you're enjoying those drinks. So it's it's like a double edged sword or double yeah, double edged sword double yeah, mm-hmm. double and, and, yeah. And it's not that we don't adore you, and we <laughs> we want you to be there. Uh, and, and nothing nothing hurts my heart more than than having to ask people to leave when they're having yeah. such a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's a bummer so. because just when I'm getting in the groove and yeah, you know everything no. is clicking you know and, 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 and that's also a communication thing like if it works out and like you're cool just ditching the rest of your party and it's just you you want to stay we'll find you another seat okay <laughs> yeah you don't have to stay All in right. that one spot I could tell them hey sorry guys yeah yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just hang for a second you gotta go <laughs> yeah. but I'll, I'll meet you later exactly yeah, 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 yeah. no we're, so, we're, we'll do everything we can to work with anybody as long as they're talking to us but if we don't know then we yeah. can't do anything and I can't remember the third one was it was something to do with um, oh so the third one was the reservation thing mm-hmm. for me because 
you know, like I, I like to go to Tiki Tea every Wednesday. And I just go. I, I feel, feel very connected to the family, and it's yeah. one of my favorite places to be. And Blind Rabbit is very much one of those bars to me, but it's so hard to get into. And so I guess it's the capacity issue, and I, you're addressing that, I guess, like you just said, with yeah. the strong water. Right. But, and I've said this so many times, I would be at that bar three or four times more often if I could just get in. Yeah. It's, it's, I have to get a seat. A reservation so far ahead of time. You know, it's like it's a good and bad problem. You know, yeah. so so I, I I understand what you're saying. Um, we're at five weeks right now for reservations. Yes, yeah, and that's just I'm terrified of that. Yeah, because now there's five weeks of anticipation for somebody, and if we sneeze in the wrong direction, right. dude, they're gonna have a <laughs> right. bad time. Right. Yeah. So we're in the we we were talking to the packing house, and preliminary they've agreed to allow us to expand. Oh, to, to add cool. twenty more seats. Very cool. Um, so we're in the process of putting that. Pro, t- that together yeah. and like our ultimate goal is to keep it at, at no more than two weeks so that we can allow those things to happen yeah. and, and change a lot okay, so. cool. and I appreciate you guys like listening to me absolutely. oh absolutely with an open mind oh no happy oh, no. to but, so. you know, part of our growth part of why we are where we're at is because of people like you giving us feedback and then us taking that feedback Aww. and making it happen yeah. but if we don't have that feedback then we're then you'll never know yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Never yeah. And, and we're good for constructive criticism if you're just going to call us an a-hole online that's that's not no no and I us, didn't do that but well, oh, I was saying you but I mean like <laughs> <people who> have, <laughs> um, and it was funny it's like I left that review and then the next morning I had an email from Robert yeah he's on it and I was like and Robert was like hey how's it going and i was like oh look at that <laughs> no I, I honestly like yeah uh we can't be better without the people that are coming there to make it yeah, better yeah. and you make it better oh by that's nice of you to say that's nice of you to say well Absolutely. well we love the blind rabbit thank you man. and so i'm looking forward to seeing strong water yeah and i'm excited yeah yeah no I, if you want i would love to give you uh, I, I would love to extend an invitation for you to come in during I'd the love construction to process yeah. to see how things are I'd and totally if you have any feedback that. no man I, um, i'm 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 flattered that you would consider uh, that. Oh, well, I mean, I wanted you as a partner at one point. but Yeah, you, were... you know what? So what happened was yeah. there's a couple things happening, but I lost my job at that time. I'm sorry. And oh. so, or is yeah. that a good thing or a bad thing? Sometimes it's a good thing. It's good and bad because <laughs> um, the income is just not there. Yeah, so no, I, I, sure. I didn't have any money to invest. So, um, you know, and right before that, when I was chatting with you about it, mm-hmm. at the time, I did. And then between the time that you and I first started talking about it and then actually being at a point where I needed to pull the trigger, mm-hmm. I just couldn't anymore. Okay. So. It's okay. We're happy, happy to have you every day. Yeah. If you want to yeah, come I'll still come in there as a we, customer. We, yeah, we will, for sure. We'll section off a seat and put it in glass. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You can, you can have a little sound booth and a speaker and a microphone. You can just, just talk your way no, into well, a blue. Uh, you know what? I'd love to do that because yeah, um, be I've been wanting to have you guys on the podcast for a while. So this is a treat oh, for me to finally oh, have you. treat for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you. Yeah. You guys yeah. have big hitters today. Okay. Uh, we're just happy well, to be here. You guys are one of the big hitters, especially in the craft cocktail scene here in Southern California. Hope you guys know that. No, we don't. Oh uh, yeah, we're you, in our little on. dungeon. No, and, uh, I have to take vitamin D pills because I don't get into the sun. That <laughs> do you really? I really yeah, do. I'm, like, I'm wow. like on the lower end of it. I, yeah, if I took, if I wore shorts today, you would be offended. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, thank you. That was that was <laughs> really nice. We really like, appreciate it. We, like, we, uh, we love our children. We want to be with them more than anybody else. I mean, you're wonderful too. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> we made them, so they're super cool, and uh, and they and they're forced to like us for now. So that's awesome too. They're hey, two and you four. Know what? Take advantage of that while you we can. Are. Absolutely, and and every person that says that we wholeheartedly do because uh, it, it's our world. So uh, outside of the restaurant, that's it. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. Uh, one time, I, when my son graduated from junior high school, mm-hmm. he and I did a father and son road trip up to Northern California. That's right. And we, we were up there for like four or five days. We went to Alcatraz and Ghirardelli, um, 
yeah. chocolate factory uh-huh. and all. We did a bunch of stuff that I thought he would enjoy, and he did. He did enjoy it. And speaking of Ghirardelli, he was eating a Sunday, and I was just watching him eat this Sunday. And this, his he turned his head like a, a certain way that made me see that four-year-old little boy that he used to lay on the carpet oh, with. Oh my God, I'm getting the like chills. I used to lay on the carpet with that little kid and play trains and all that. <laughs> and play trains oh, with that kid. And I, and I actually started to tear. And he didn't see me, right? Because yeah. I was too manly to show him that. <laughs> and, and he didn't see me. But it just made me think like, the time just goes by so fast. I'm and sure. get this. He's a sophomore at UCLA now. That's how fast. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's got a deep voice and hairy armpits. And oh. it's, we need to go. It's this not is your little. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry, honey. No, what I'm saying, uh, what I'm uh, saying is enjoy it while it's there. Because yeah. before yeah. you know it, man, like you're driving your kid off to college, and uh, man. I mean, that, I'm always a mess when that happens. I'm uh, sure. You have one kid. I have two. I have a son and a daughter. My daughter's a junior in high school, so oh, yeah. So that's that's coming soon. But I'm sorry about that. Oh. I mean, I'm no, no, sorry I, for you, but I, I know. I yeah, it. The, the, the pain is it. on its way. Yeah, but that's a fun age. Yeah, no, dude, two and four. Like everything is yeah. a milestone. First yes. steps. First time they eat on their own. First mm-hmm. time they put their clothes on by oh, themselves. Man. I'm just excited they can. One of them can wipe their own butt. That's like a huge <laughs> thing. Yeah. Although I, I do hear a daddy, can you check this? And I'm like, oh. you know, there's there's a full circle thing that's going to happen there. No, in a couple it, years it is. It, it, we talked about that the other day. Yeah. Hudson, oh, yeah. come in here. I need my, my my sister is a social worker, mm-hmm. and so she sees a lot of bad things with uh, parental neglect. Oh. Uh, so she sees like you know. Um, abused children. I just, it's terrible. And she's like, yeah, she's like, sometimes I see like parents, older parents that their kids don't take care of them. And, and she's like, yeah, they shit themselves on, on the couch and, the, and they haven't eaten and they're a mess, right? Yeah. They stink and all this. And she's like, it's so sad. And, and I, I remember one time I was in the car with my son and I turned to my son and I said, do you know what she told me today, what she saw? And I told her, told him the whole story. And he goes, that's terrible. And I, and I made him promise me. I said, Promise me that you'll never do that with me. Promise me that yeah. when I need to be taken care of, that you'll take care of me. He laughed and he's like, "Dad, that has never ever crossed my and never will cross my mind." Of course. Oh, that's so cool. And I that's was thinking great. like, yeah, when I'm stuck on the toilet. And I'm like, <laughs> so, uh, because I I come from a large family of six sisters and two brothers. You have six sisters. I do, and I'm the oldest. And two brothers. Yes. Wow. And uh, we didn't. We're not the closest, unfortunately. And so that really kind of bums me out. But Ying's like glue with her sister. And just one little sister. Just one little sister, <laughs> but it's it's beautiful. And so, um, we, we, you know, as much as we would love to have a third, I, I don't think we could afford it yeah. mentally, emotionally, or yeah. financially. Um, so we can do it if you push it out of your okay, <laughs> you know. Sure, yeah, yeah. So me too. Um. Anyway, so I, when my son turned two, Ian got pregnant, and with with from me, we got pregnant together. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I just didn't want to make that clear. Just, just listening to clarify, questioning the uh, validity of that. And um. Uh, You're funny. I, we started, uh, Ying found these books, uh, Daniel the Tiger, and she started reading them to him about being a big brother and being helpful. So he, didn't, he wasn't jealous of the baby. And so one of the things I installed in him, er, instill in him today is that he has one job. And his number one job is to protect his sister. Oh, that's awesome. And he does it with, like, vigor. 
That's like, awesome. She gets too close to the stairs. He starts running yeah. the screen. Wow. You know, a, a little boy comes up to him that looks questionable. He steps That's in between awesome. them. And then now his number two job out of these four, and he's in school and he's learning things, is to teach her. Wow. So whenever he learns a number or a new thing, he immediately brings it over to her and he teaches her. Yeah. And so now her number one job, because she's two, is to protect him. That's and awesome. And they she both, actually repeats that too. Wow. She's yeah. two. Which and, is it, great. and the idea is like, I want them to be a unit, like, yeah, to yeah. take care of it. Because they're going to be pretty close in well, you school know, and age and all that stuff. My kids are, so they're two years apart. Mm-hmm. My kids are three years apart. They did go through a stage, though, where they fought all the time. But now they're so close. My my daughter cries when my son leaves for school. Mm-hmm. Like when, because he leaves for um, the semester and then he comes home just on the holidays and summer break. But whenever he leaves and when he comes home, she'll run down the stairs and she'll hug him and she'll be crying. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Aww. It's so touching. <laughs> it's so, so touching. Because I wasn't close like that with my sisters. Yeah, me either. You know, so. How many do you have sisters? I only have two. I don't have six. I mean, that's, that's a nightmare. Don't even think that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we're Irish. We just <laughs> drink it. Irish drugs. Catholic? Yeah, Irish yeah. Catholic, yeah. German. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's proper when that's we do pro- it. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's why I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I'm the minority. I'm the only white one in this entire room. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it's all right. So, what are we drinking tonight? We have a menu here. Yeah, uh, we're drinking a clarified uh, plantation milk punch. So, okay, it's yeah. a three-day process. The first day, I'm can I take do a sip like, right now? please, please, please? Um, we create like an oleosaccharum. Put fresh pineapple, lots of different spices. So you have a nice awesome. clothes. And this does Specialty. taste like something that I would have in your bar. Yeah. Oh, good. It does. It tastes good. exactly like something I'd have. Yeah, in Ying's yeah. a milk punch queen, man. She's, she's punch got queen. these things. She has recipes for days. <clears throat> awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So you have Plantation 5. You also have um, other types of rums, cognac, bourbon, absinthe, some peixos. We do also do a chai tea. In there as well, kind of let it sit and marry that's for at least twenty four hours. Yeah, that's yeah, all in there. Twenty four wow. hours. It's, it's she made a. How much did you make? I made a lot. <laughs> she <laughs> I made, made like I think twelve liters. Twelve liters. But, wow. But it's but it's a process. So every time I make it, I want to make it in a huge batch. Now, how how well does it keep if you have twelve liters? I mean, like indefinitely. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, can you put a liter aside for me to take home? Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we have liters of blind rabbit. We, so. uh, we, uh, she did five variations of this before we chose this one. Okay. And so there's a lot left at the restaurant. We'd be happy oh, to really? take care of you on that. Yeah. Yeah. She did one with, an, uh, with a, a Mexican Amaro. And it was, I thought it was the best, but I got voted out. Yeah, we, we, we pick our cocktail menus through democracy. Well, we I'll have to try that one and see if absolutely if I agree with it. It's still there, but I'll find it for you. Yeah. But day two, we had um, hot boiling milk, a little bit of citrus, and then we yeah, fine train it. it yeah, is, it's definitely it's a, a process, process, but I think it's worth it because you get, awesome. it's a layered cocktail, so it's you awesome. get to taste the booze. The citrus, the sugar, and the creaminess from the yeah. milk. Even the powder on the top is uh, dehydrated pineapple that we dehydrated oh, wow. at the restaurant yeah. and then blended so that it was a powder so that you get like a concentrated. See, how do you guys not know that you're like on top of your game with the craft cocktail scene in Orange County? It's, we, we, we have an idea. Because you guys have an excellent reputation. But I, have, I haven't heard anything negative about your cocktails. Thanks, Adrian. We appreciate that. No, well, I'm telling you the truth. That's not coming from me. I'm just telling you like, my observations. Well, our ultimate goal, we, we want to get into like the, the tales of the cocktail, the spirit awards. Yeah. Um, yeah. We want to... We want, that's our goal, like well, in, to reach for the stars. You won some awards this year. We did. We so did. let's brag about that. Let's, let's tell our listeners. Yeah, we were super like humble, and we we swept up the 
best bar program, best cocktail, and then bartender of the year, Lynette Lim won that, which Very we were cool. super stoked for. Yeah, Very Lynette's cool. Lynette's one of our um, head bartenders. She's around here somewhere, and she she started out. She's making a, me a drink right now. Good, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We don't want to mess with her. She's stellar. Like she's <laughs> she's come such a long way in the last four years, yeah. and we were just beyond words happy to be. Uh, partnered with her she's very fantastic cool. and so we, we have were such the, a dedicated team we're, we're really very yeah you very have happy. a great team really and you know one of the things that I have noticed about your team is after all this time that your turnover is like almost nothing it's, everybody's still you there. are correct about yeah. that yeah, yeah. yeah. and Egan and I both come from restaurants where like a weekly yeah. turnover is common yeah that's I mean just knowing how little the turnover is at Blind Rabbit just speaks volumes not a, not only about you know the 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 products that you guys produce there but the management the staff Dude, you're uh, so flattering today. I, I don't know if I'm going to go home with you later. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we really try to take you know care what? of the I'm team. I'm sorry, Rob, but I'm married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so am I. I mean, overwhelmed today. That's fantastic. We, we don't usually, we, we, you know, like like you said, we, we were we were beyond words. Like we swept the Golden Foodies yeah, for yeah. that category, and we're the first restaurant. At least I think that's what we were the first restaurant to ever do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, awesome. Awesome. And I could be wrong. And I'm, well, I'm, well deserved. Well deserved. But thank you. Thanks, and, Adrian. You're welcome. Yeah, so um, anyway, yeah. So that was the plantation one. The other one we have today is the land of wood and water, which is made with uh, Zemeca plantation rum. Okay. And Zemeca means land of wood and water. Right. And it's our play on a daiquiri. Okay. Um, the next one is the Passion of Frank. Yeah, and Frank got a drink on the menu. Come yeah, on, he did. Yeah. He, he gets a drink on every single menu. Is we really, always use his name. But it's a running joke. Is it a, okay? Yeah. It's a running okay. joke. <laughs> so the very first time that Frank got a drink on the menu, it was called Frank's first time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like a hibiscus with cucumber and gin, and it was it was really a wonderful drink. It's, it was red. Yeah. Yes. Frank's it was first red. Time was bloody yeah. Red. It was bloody red. Yeah, was, okay. yeah. And so he's had one ever since. <laughs> and uh, I think this next one that we've got on the menu is called the Franksican. And it's tequila oh, nice. and mezcal with ca- coffee-infused Campari and grapefruit juice, and it's delicious. So, yeah. And then we have the last one is a bamboo harvester. So the bamboo harvester is a play on a cocktail called the horse tonic, okay, um, which is normally made with Gosling's uh, black seal rum. Um, but what we did is we split the base of OFTD and uh, California spice liqueur, and um, it just gives it like this really nice depth with the black. Uh, oh, sorry. Fl- Blackstrap rum in there, yeah, which is like my favorite rum in the whole wide world, and uh, it, it's great. I Very know. cool. I know. I changed my handle on Instagram to Blackstrap Bob. Probably not putting. Did a lot you of really? He did. That. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Blackstrap Bob. Blackstrap Bob. Blackstrap. That, that sounds like a porn name. It, it does. Exactly. That's why. What I told him. It was a dangerous move. I yeah. get it. I get it. I might get some likes that I wasn't anticipating, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a unique handle. I mean, how Blackstrap Bob. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Black, Blackstrap Rob. Blackstrap Rob. Yeah, because okay. Blackstrap Bob was. Dead. Does anybody call you Bob? No. Nobody calls I'm, you Bobby or anything like that. No, I'm, I'm not against it. It just doesn't really okay. come around. Yeah. Well, I hate to cut us off short, but it looks no. like we're oh, gonna get started for the lecture. So, before we wrap up, yes. let's give a shout out to uh, your Instagram and your webpage and where you guys are located, all that kind of stuff, so our, our listeners can come out and see you. Sure. We're the Blind Rabbit. Uh, we're located at 440 South Anaheim Boulevard in Anaheim, California at the Packing House on the bottom floor. Uh, you can make reservations at www.theblindrabbit.com, um, and it's all through Yelp If you, if also. Uh, our Instagram is at the Blind Rabbit, and our Facebook is also at the Blind Rabbit. Anything, honey? I think we're good. Oh, and we don't have a phone, so please don't look for it. We're speakeasy. We don't do to go food, and you go. you're supposed to find us. So, and also, if you want a few updates on our new concept, it's called uh, Strong Water Anaheim. That's the Instagram name as well as for Facebook. 
Yeah. Very cool. Thank and you. for our listeners that have any questions, comments, you just want to leave a shout out. Stop by the Instagram for the Blind Rabbit. Stop by the Instagram at Polynesian Pop. You can leave it there, and I'll tag you guys on that. If cool. we get any comments in there, you can go to the group page on uh, Facebook inside the Desert Oasis Room. But stop by the Blind Rabbit and get a drink for them. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for sitting down with us. Oh, thank you I for the opportunity. It. It's fantastic. It so much. All right. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at steadfastpomade.com. Good plan. So uh, should I just uh, continue? Because I think if we break it up, everybody's just going to get drunk and, and not want to come back. So maybe uh, I, I should just uh, start the whole thing. Okay. So um, I wanted to talk about what what tiki is. I don't really... I'm not really the tiki mixologist specialist. I'm the tiki art and design and style specialist. And I thought, you know, that that the 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 people that work behind the bar in the tiki bar, you know, probably could use some more information about it. Now, this looks a little scary, maybe, the, because it's like a scientific chart, but that's how my German mind works. And um, you you don't have to memorize everything because it, I will come, repeatedly come back to it. Um, I just wanted to show you that in the, you know, I'm going to talk about how tiki evolved out of pre-tiki. You know, not many people m might know this. So, um, what is or who was tiki? Uh, the, the personage of tiki was actually a, a, a Polynesian half-god uh, uh, that became deified and eventually all statues in human form were called tikis. Um, and the second meaning of, of tiki then became grotesque carving on a man's, on a man decorating, of a man decorating a house. So that's the kind of tiki that we see in American tiki bars. And you can see here, uh, the one of the original uses in a Maori meeting house, or here in a um, uh, Duarte apartment building. <laughs> the, the other meaning that not many might know about is that tiki was also a phallic symbol. And um, if you look at these statues, it, it kind of becomes apparent. Um, this is a nice map that shows you the different tiki styles of the different Polynesian island groups. 
you have the um, um, the Hawaiian Islands up on, on top, New Zealand with the Maori culture on the left, and Easter Island on the right, and in the middle are as Tahiti and the Marquesas Islands. And they all had, you know, different tiki groups, but in America, they the, everything sort of became uh, the the tiki's, even the the moai, which are the Easter Island uh, uh, statues, became aku tiki's or tiki's. And it was used. The name was used for all kinds of places: cocktail bars, motels, apartment buildings, massage parlors, tiki spas. You name it, and I, you know, I just, uh, I got fascinated by it, and started looking for the origins on it, and uh, it all started. Everybody knows that by now with Don the Beachcomber. Don the Beachcomber Hollywood made himself recast himself sort of as as a uh, beachcomber from the South Seas Islands, and he opened this little bar. Uh, on McCadden Place in Hollywood, uh, and bec it became very successful. Um, uh, the Hollywood crowd frequented it, and, um, and behind his bar, in the back bar, his Filipino boys uh, were mixing the cocktails, mostly from from bottles that had just numbers on it. There, every all his recipes were coded, so nobody could could duplicate them. And Don the Beachcomber sort of was the founder of the tropical or tiki cocktail genre. Um, the most famous one was the zombie, of course, but there's you know any number of drinks that you find on a on a tiki menu nowadays were created by him, and he was so successful that other people copied him bluntly. Like this, this was a Miami beachcomber that had nothing to do with Don the Beachcomber, and um, they even claim to be the home of the zombie. Thank you. Um, so, um, one of the, the uh, you know, innovative things that Don the Beachcomber did was garnish not only the recipes, but he came up with all these great concepts of garnish and serving them the drinks and pineapples. It was so unusual at the time that um, um, uh, no, Harpo Marx, no, who's, which one of them? Yeah, Harpo, right, the harp player. Um, who was friends with, with uh, Salvador Dali, and when Dali was working in Hollywood in the 40s, he took him to Don the Beachcomber, and since Dali had never seen any of these kind of cocktails, he was convinced that they were had been decorated for him, the surrealist painter. <laughs> so you can these kind of anecdotes really, you know, drive home how innovative that that kind of drink presentation was at the time. You know, nobody was doing flaming volcano icebergs and stuff like that. And of course, presentation, presentation, and sometimes the waitresses were also decorated. This is at Aloha Joe's in Palm Springs. So back to the, the chart. Um, Dawn the Beachcomber started in the 30s in, in the pre-Tiki period. And what I mean by pre-Tiki is that if you look at, at his uh, Chicago Beachcomber zombie room, 
it is you know completely decked out in tropical materials and decor but what you don't see are tiki's so you know the the simplification that don the beachcomber was the godfather of tiki is is truly only to the degree that he created the mixology and all the the sort of he sort of set the stage for tiki to appear but he himself never used the tiki image for his for his um, uh, places or his bars um, among his innovative concepts were like the the rain of the roo on the roof the beachcomber lamps here's the hollywood beachcomber with the uh, uh, rainforest effect in the in the background where you would have like a tropical uh, jungle that every now and then would get a rainstorm going the 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 person who really got with Tiki in, in due time was Trader Vic, who, got, who was inspired by Don the Beachcomber. By visiting him in Hollywood, um, he, he went back to his bar called Hinky Dinks in Oakland and rechristened himself and the bar Trader Vic's. And in the 1930s and 40s, here's a selection of uh, uh, Trader Vic menus um, he, they were all decorated and, 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 and illustrated with the classic island cliches of the nude uh, island girls and the, the happy dancing natives. But by mid-1955, this were the Trader Vic's menus. So, th and, and the exterior of the Beverly Hills Trader Vic's um, looked like this. Which, which you know, was was really a, a great juxtaposition of modernism and primitivism, and um, eventually his the trade of X bars started to look like this. Now that's a tiki bar. <laughs> that's the trade of X in 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 Munich, in the basement of the Hotel Bayerischer Hof which was uh, built in 1972 for the Olympics in the old classic Trader style and hasn't, hasn't been touched. It's still in original condition. It's really a wonderful place. Trader was also innovative uh, in drink presentations and he was the first one who used themed mugs like this uh, skull mug, but also later on he used this wonderful Tiki stem glass, which is to me like the the ideal, you know, object of convergence of cocktail culture and tiki culture. They don't make them anymore, so you know, tiki mugs themselves actually didn't become uh, uh, go into widespread use until the 1960s, early 60s. This is an offering from the. Uh, Otagiri uh, Mercantile Company from Japan, who was a, like the major, they were sort of the, the tiki farm of their time. And you, you can see, I mean, compared to what, what you've seen on the tiki farm tour here in, in the display cases, this is just, you know, peanuts. But it, that's how it all started. So um, back to the beginnings of, of tiki uh, or pre-tiki Polynesian pop where the hula girl and you know the in in a in a lush tropical environment was like the symbol until the tiki entered the stage 
And that's, you know, something that, that I just want to drive home with this um, presentation today that until uh, a bar contains tiki or primitive art, um, it's not really a tiki bar. It's, it might be a bamboo bar or a, a, a jungle bar or, an, or you know, a Hawaiian bar, but if you call it if, it, if it says tiki on it, it should have tiki in it. And, um, you know, the, the tiki temples in their heyday were really fully carved, you know, ever, uh, uh, outside and inside um, meeting places. And even, you know, some of the places were like built these, like, this is a two-story high fireplace at the Kahiki in Columbus, Ohio. And there's also great blueprints from American architects that started designing tikis. This is the, the uh, Konakai restaurant in, in Philadelphia designed by uh, Armin Davis, which, which was a Los Angeles firm. And um, they hired American tiki carvers, like Barney West, who, who uh, worked out of his tiki junction up in uh, Sausalito, north of San Francisco. Um, so back to the pre-tiki spaces, um, you can see this is a very cozy tropical bar, but you know, in my book, it ain't tiki. <laughs> and oops, yeah, there it is. This this place was up was up in um, Sacramento, and it's a very nice you know tropical uh, building. Uh, serving skin scintillating cocktails aglow with the magic of the South Seas. So this, this you know, this uh, atmosphere was there. Uh, it was actually very, very common for places, this is the coast in in Laguna Beach, to, to go with that, you know, um, tropical look. Uh, and they had some great concept, like the uh, South Seas famous cocktail lounge and tropical fish bar there below. Um, had uh, tropical fish swimming under the bar top. Yeah, you know, that was all possible back then. But this is to me what it's all about. This kind of stuff, that's what got me into tiki in the first place. When I saw these images of these, you know, kind of square mid-century Americans posing with these Wacky pagan pagan idols. I just I just wanted to know what what the where did that come from? What the hell happened here? <laughs> and you know this 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 mixture of mid-century modernism and primitivism is t to me where where it's at with tiki. Um, so we're now getting into the tiki period, which which started in the mid. This is a chart. It's actually a little bit dated. It really didn't start until the mid 1950s. Um, so, like ten years after the war, the 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 Pacific War veterans had come back and brought some some of that culture back. But um, tiki was really uh, uh, happening of the next generation after the earlier South Seas culture generation. And here's another one of those images that just you know floored me. That was a Tropics Hotel in Blythe and. 
and the carvers used uh, an upside down palm tree to carve a tiki into using the palm root hairdo as uh, you know as as a, as a hair. Um, or this image is another one of my ten favorite tiki images. Maybe the the Contiki in Montreal that just sort of you know shows this this exotic place propped onto an old classicist building in downtown Montreal with these with these people with you know in, in coat and hat walking towards it. I mean that's what it's all about to 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 leave the concrete jungle and, and enter a, a different reality. And um, oops here's one that's also <laughs> a fun contrast. That's the kind of stuff that Tiki is about. Now, back to Don the Beachcomber. He was really, uh, I mean, he wasn't anti-Tiki. He actually had this, this Tahitian cannibal carving that was sort of his pet Tiki, except he just never utilized it in, in the design or in the marketing of, of his places. Um, the next generation, the, the Thornton brothers that built the Maikai in Fort Lauderdale in Florida in, in the mid-50s, they utilized the Tahitian cannibal carvings from the get-go. This is an ad for their opening where the three Tahitian cannibal carvings are featured and they used them on their menu covers as drink coasters, um, as table lamps, even you know the for the employees. That's that's Mariano, the 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 head bartender, wearing a Maikai Tahitian cannibal shirt, and here's some of the lovely waitresses dressed in some of the Tahitian cannibal print in front of the Maikai, which is still there, which is undoubtedly the greatest original Tiki temple still in existence. You know, if you're ever in Florida, don't miss going to Fort Lauderdale and going to the Maikai. So um, as we enter the, the, the Tiki period, um, another Tiki generation entrepreneur was Stephen Crane, who was a B-movie actor who had a way with the women and he used to date um, Rita Hayworth. He was married to Lana Turner and uh, he ran this, this place in Beverly Hills called The Tropics and started uh, with that as a as a uh, example. He started his Contiki chain in, throughout the United States. Um, Contiki, the name of course, of course uh, based on the famous um, raft and so the name Tiki, you know, was sort of entered the consciousness by by uh, the popularity of the the raft story and of Stephen Crane's Contikis. Here is the photo of the rendering that you saw earlier, and um, I think it's a pretty spectacular entrance. So Stephen Crane also used the Tahitian cannibal carvings, and, and um, here's some of his. Uh, uh, different restaurants in, in in different cities throughout the U.S. and helped 
the spread of, of tiki culture. Um, here he is with his designer, um, Florian Gabriel, in one of his tikis outfitting it. Um, so you can, you can tell that, that, you know, he was definitely fond of tiki carvings incorporating the, the, the um, railing posts and large, um, you know, carved tikis. But also, uh, these, these are Florian Gabriel designed tiki mugs for Stephen Crane's Contikis. Very colorful. Um, I have to warn you about using color with tikis. That's, you know, usually not a good idea. <laughs> tikis are supposed to look primitive and not like carnival or Mexican fiesta decorations. So if you, if you see like the party city tikis with, you know, the red lips and, and the multiple colors, that's not tiki. That's, that's tiki devolution. But it's not to say that colors should be absent from tiki style. You know, there's a certain, uh, there's this, this sort of Palm Springs style that's very colorful. Uh, and it also goes along well with aloha wear, like this. But ideally, tiki is really kind of more of a dark, moody affair. Um, this is a great home tiki bar equipped by Tiki Tony, who happens to be here. <laughs> and um, this one is, is another amazing private tiki bar that somebody realized his dream hideaway. The Booze Cave. Jordan Reitschek's The Booze Cave in uh, Glendale. Count yourself lucky if you're ever invited to the booze cave. So what I expect uh, from a tiki bar is that, you know, it uses the tiki image. These are different coasters from, from contemporary uh, tiki bars. Um, and, you know, the, the use of the logo tiki that is sort of like the guardian saint of a bar is, is to me a, a good good sign of a tiki bar. And if you want to go and, and find tiki decor in the area, you're very lucky. There's a one-stop tiki, tiki shop in Whittier, California called Oceanic Arts. Look it up, Oceanic Arts in Whittier, and go there and your mind will be blown. They have still all the original molds from when they started in the late 1950s and are producing carvings with them. So your bar could actually have masts or weapons hanging on the wall that were that are the same molds that were used for the, the Kahiki uh, in Columbus, Ohio in 1961 and many other places throughout the US. Ocean Arts and Whittier. If you want to, you know, listen to some tiki music, I happen to have this nice compilation out. I don't have it for sale here, but you can get it over Amazon, The Sound of Tiki. And then, last not least, of course, I hope that all of you have the newest edition of, of Jeff Beachbumberry's Sip and Safari, which is like the Bible of Tiki mixology. 
um, like you know my my books my the book of Tiki was sort of the you know the Bible of, of Tiki style and and art and decor and um, Jeff Berry who used to, who used to live nearby uh, me um, just was already fixated on the cocktail part and he we sort of had a parallel evolution him doing this amazing research that a lot of other bartenders like Martin Kate and so based their their success on and um, this beautiful new edition of Sip and Safari is really something that every, every tiki bartender should have under their counter so um, that concludes my presentation because I didn't want to make it too long too late if I'm I'm happy to to answer any uh, uh, questions if there anybody wants to know anything more about tiki pre tiki non tiki clown tiki uh, so um, I'm here to to talk about it I love talking about tiki yes um, it it varies you know I like I really I like the navy grog. Um, I like three dots in a dash. Um, at the Tiki T, there's, you know, there I have, uh, the Tiki T on Sunset Boulevard is like eight minutes from my house, so I'm, I'm spoiled that way I get to, to change my, my favorite cocktails every couple weeks. <laughs> but, yes. Well, the question, no, that's not dumb, but people ask me about original tiki gods, which is, you know, interesting. To me, this, this tiki, American tiki pop culture um, sort, of, sort of deals with that very playfully. They don't, you know, they don't really delve into the real mythology. Pele, yes, she's the goddess of fire, um, you know, and then there's Ku, the god of war, and... and it's called edutainment. It's it's what I'm I'm doing here to, today. Hopefully, I was educating, but also entertaining. So in a in a in a tiki bar, it's I think there's all, there will always be people that appreciate that extra depth of information. So just like the information that I gave you here today is privileged information that you don't have to pass on to your customers, you know, because. Uh, that they, they, they might not care or they might not be interested or get bored or so. But um, the more you know, the, the, the more you can pass on, there will always be people that are, that are appreciative. People actually do want to know. Sometimes you'll be surprised that people do want to know. And if you, if you present it in a form of edutainment and not just you know, education, then, then they will listen. Yes. Three? Oh, geez. Well, yes, yeah, Tiki T. Um, you know, that's, that's hard to pinpoint. There's, there's great ones of different styles. You know, there's like uh, the, the, the pre-Tiki bamboo bar style. My favorite is Damon's in Glendale on brand, which is a wonderful, authentic uh, 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 steakhouse. It used to be a steakhouse, and then they turned it into a Tiki bar, um, and it's still there in its original shape. Another great 
trader-style place is the warehouse in Marina del Rey. And everybody should visit that place because it's, it's, it's location is amazing alone. It's in this old grove of old bamboo that's like five stories high with a, with a, a water feature in front of it. And you go on this, along this pier to enter it. And then inside, it's all full of crates and stuff hanging from the ceiling. And it's called the warehouse. It's right at the Yacht Harbor in Marina del Rey. So the trader one is the warehouse, the bamboo one is the Damon's, and the tiki one is the tiki tea. <laughs> Any other questions? Tony. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, I've, 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 you know, I've had the privilege of knowing, knowing Tony's work since the beginning. I still have one of your like, also like five, five first paintings, I think, and I love it. It's you know, it's it's so wonderful to see the evolution of my artist friends because I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I decided early on I'm not talented enough to be an artist, so I became a observer and recorder and documenter of art. But the, my greatest reward of my work is that all these books that I've written have inspired so many artists. And you know, you can you can see how the artists then are bringing it back into pop culture and into circulation. You know, in in uh, uh, SpongeBob and stuff. These, those are all artists that, that bought my book of Tiki and and used it for their work and uh, I just uh, that's that's really I mean all the artists are my favorite <laughs> okay yes yes of course F finally I went you know I, I I I literally grew into Tiki together with Jeff Barry because he lived across the lake from me in Silver Lake on Aloha Street, believe it or not, yes. And because he was already so early on, he was such a fervent researcher of mixology, I just felt never felt a need to get into that part too much and concentrated on the art and architecture. And um, I was really spoiled that until he moved away from Los Angeles, I used to go over there and he, we used, used to try out things. And at the end of his stay in, in Los Angeles, it got so far that he had to make flights of like five different drinks that, you know, and, and it's like, when you think about it now, imagine I got to go to Jeff Barry's house and drink like five different recipes that he was drawing out. So um, I, I finally actually, I, I, it took me too long. I visited Latitude 29 uh, last year and it was just, you know, wonderful to see him so in his element and, and see the presentation and taste the drinks and that's that's definitely if that would bar would be here it would be my favorite tiki bar are we are we getting more cocktails by the way uh, what's going on i'm kind of dry here I mean, my throat is like <clears throat> <laughs> And there you have it, part two of our night with the Orange County U.S. Bartenders Guild. Big mahalos to Benny and Mariah for inviting me to participate in this special event. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout-out, stop by our group page on Facebook, 
Inside the Desert Oasis Room. And if you want to check out previous episodes or any of our podcast-related merch, go to DesertOasisRoom.com. Cheers and aloha. Aloha.